Welcome to Energizing Life with AKR Fitness. We are back for season three. If you've not listened to the first two, where have you been? That's, the, that's my first point. Secondly, I'm Jace, I'll guide you through this season. And with me, I've got the heart and soul of AKR, Lindsay. Hello. And also, we've got the central nervous system, the brain, the man behind it all, Mikey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, pleased to be back. <laughs> Very pleased to be back. It's good. It feels, it feels like we've, we've done our vocal warm-ups. We've got the microphone set. Producers have touched it about seven times, but yep. that was just in the last second or so. Lindsay's had her hair and makeup done. As always. As always. Well, I maybe should have. <laughs> we need a wee trim, are we? Could say that. I'm just hoping the lights don't get all the greys. That's, well, that's the key. You're still holding on to it, though, so you're fine. Well, that's, that's the main thing. Hi, how are we feeling about season three? Really looking forward to this one, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for mm -hmm. it, Mike. Yeah, I think we've got some hopefully interesting topics and yeah. conversations to be had. Absolutely, I, I feel this. I'm super excited for this season. I think it's going to be a game changer of information and content. So, Mike, do you want to give us a rundown of what's coming up this season? Sure. We are gonna we're going to talk first of all um, a little bit about self sabotage. Reason being, dun 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 dun. <laughs> the reason being. When I asked a lot of people, some members, some non-members through surveys and things, what their biggest challenge in health and fitness was, self-sabotage came up quite a lot. So we're going to try and tackle that and, and look into that a little bit. Uh, then we're going to discuss some concepts around motivation, motivation science, and things that people can do to maybe be more motivated or change their perspective on motivation. And we're going to have three members joining us for interviews as well. Some extra member interviews. Yes. You looking forward to that? I am looking forward to that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the season one and two, having them in and getting their concept of it all. Brings it, it brings it all to life, really. Yeah, that's, it does. That's good. So that's what's coming up this season. However, in today's episode, we are reflecting on six years of AKR. So by the time this airs, it will be the week of the sixth birthday of AKR. So we'll, we'll have a little few reflections on that. And also we've got some listener questions. So, Mike, it can't have always been easy, but was it always worth it? <laughs> I don't know if it's ever been easy. <laughs> it's not easy now. You know what I would say, because I, I can, it's difficult to trust your memory, you know, looking, looking back and it's difficult to remember actually how you, how you feel, but I do remember thinking this and maybe saying it in conversations to other people. When I went from being a freelance trainer to open the gym, I remember thinking, it's not gonna be much different because I already get up really early and train, I do a few PT sessions in the morning. I do a few PT sessions every evening and on Saturday mornings. And in the gap, okay, I had some lunchtime ones occasionally, but in the gap between those two shifts, if you will, I would do my own workout and then I would work. I would be writing blogs, writing training programs, doing all these sorts of things. So in my naivety, I thought, well, it's, it can't be much different because I'm still, I'm already working basically all the hours plus Saturday morning. It's, it's not gonna be that much different. How much different is it? <laughs> it? It was a lot different. It was a lot different. I was itching to get that. I was like, well, I get to the end of the sentence, Mike, so I can ask. It's difficult to even say why and how it was so different. I think the fact that there's a building to look after as well is, and, and just so many different things that come up that, that not being used to. Like when I was, when I was a freelancer, I, I lived, you know, two minutes run from the gym and I could just come and go. I only needed to be there if I was training someone. 
Um, and don't get me wrong, it was still like hard work at times, but I was in an okay place with it. And I think coming here, there was just so many, just a learning curve on almost every level. You know, for a start, I didn't have to do any cleaning before <laughs> because that gym was looked after. And so, so things like just looking after the building, the I, I'm trying to think of all the different things that come up. And then, you know, as time progresses, then my role shifts and learning to manage people and try and become a leader. And there's just, there's just so much more involved. Just a quick side note, just going back to the cleaning and the, and the stuff like that. I'm sure the listeners and the viewers will be massively intrigued. What's worse, female changing rooms or gents changing rooms? <laughs> don't put me on the spot. I didn't know where that was going there. I was like... <laughs> the female changing rooms do get used more than the gents because we have more females. So that's my answer. Always a different <laughs> Very stoic. So it sounds like you went from being a coach and blogging and in charge of your own time to the next day becoming a gym owner and having this facility look after and then people as well to lead yeah just i don't know i think bigger picture is just absolutely unrelenting so even like i had to get up a little bit earlier and um, so i was getting up at quarter to five every day and often not going home till quarter to nine at night and then just repeating and then being down here an hour early so being down here at quarter to eight on a saturday morning so that i could hoover the gym and do all that stuff and there's just like yeah, it's just relentless. Um, and yeah, I guess if I was to, to go back and do all again, there's things I, I could have done smarter or differently, you know, knowing what I know now. But that was the, that was the hardest thing, I think, is just, it's difficult to put into words, but it's just the, the grind. I used to, I used to go home um, and just sort of like shuffle in, shuffle into the house, just like, just done. Just done. done. Yeah, and, you know, Amanda would have, my tea cooked for me, I would just heat that up, eat it, go to bed, repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, I don't know what words to use yeah. other than it was just like relentless in those, I don't want to say early years, but it's probably four years maybe yeah. of that. So just two years ago. <laughs> yeah. You say you go back and maybe change some things and do it a little bit differently. What, what, what would you change? And what would you do differently? There's just things I could have set up a little bit smarter. I think, I think, on so many levels, like even like how we kitted out the gym at the beginning, I thought I was being smart and doing things. And to be fair, the fitness industry's evolved and there's a lot more suppliers and a lot different kit. I could have saved money had I done, done that differently. I would have gone back, probably not opened on a Wednesday and just shuffled people in on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. We did for a while actually close on a Wednesday afternoon and that was like a day where I could just go home and, and Rest collapse. And yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, we, we, we would have had enough slots in those other days and things like that. Just, you know, not long-term thing, but just in the beginning, there's, there's little things that could have been done just a little smarter. Our setup, our model evolved a little bit over time, but it's difficult to regret these things because you, you only know what you know, you do the best with what you have at, at the time. And... And to you're, be fair, you're here now. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's, and it's always felt that it's been going fairly well, you know? Yeah. I mean, for as long as I've been here, it's always been positive change after positive mm-hmm. change. It's never been a, a regression. No. Mm-hmm. Now, a question for you both. So, I want you to think of your earliest memory. So, for those who don't know, AKR is in a, a railway arch. I want you to think of your, your first earliest memory 
of coming in and seeing the art. Right, Mike, let's start with you. So when you first came in, you saw it. What did you think? What did you thought you have to do? What did you thought you have to do? What did you think you have to do and to achieve and move forward? The first time I came in, I was actually, so I had a business plan written and I was- Was it in the back of an app? <laughs> it was actually, you know, it was, it was, at least again, at the time, I thought, you know, I'm organized here. In fact, even a step before that, I was already thinking, right, I need to find a facility and things like that. And I realized I need to take a step back, plan this out. What is it going to look like? Because I think I did view a potential facility at one point and, you know, my, I was visualizing it and thinking, oh, this could work. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing now. So I had to take a step back, write that business plan. And I was actually looking at a, you know, a potential site in the city and I'd been I'd been in contact with a, a gym supplier to get an idea of what the flooring would cost and things like that. And he called me back later in the afternoon and said, oh, do you know such and such who runs such and such gym, which is where we are now? And I, I did actually know of the guy and he said, oh, there's possibility of him leaving. You know, he's, you know, go down and have a chat with him. So that was like the first time I, I came in. And I, because it was someone else's gym at that point, I didn't, I didn't do the whole visualizing thing and let my, it was more of like a tentative first, first meeting to see if, if there's a possibility here. So when, when, did you, you, when did you decide that this was the right facility and when did you start to visualize it? Difficult to say. Um, I think that guy ultimately you know, vacated the premises. That's the, the short version. And so I, I made inquiries with, with Network Rail and, and I think it just gained momentum. And then so probably the next time when I got shown the place, then that's like the, the hat on. It was probably... When it was like empty. Yeah, yeah. I think you were here. I, th I, I think maybe I was, that, yeah. that visit. It was probably April, maybe May. I should have, I should have checked my notes because <laughs> I'll have it in my journal somewhere. Uh, 2015, yeah. I think, let's say May, maybe. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, you, you say you were there for that first or second meeting, I guess, was or seeing the arch. How was yeah. it for you seeing it? Well, I think for me, just going back slightly, um, coming back from traveling, like we said in episode one, and taking on the AKR training camp at uh, Duthie Park, I think that was like, so I came back in March, I think that was April, and then by May, I was walking through this door with Mike with the potential of, oh, I could be working here kind of thing. Um, I do remember walking through and thinking it's got character because it wasn't an arch and it felt different from yeah. being just a box. What kind of feelings did it give you? Uh, just almost cosy. Cosy. Yeah, I do cozy. remember, however, I don't know if it was the first time we came in or the second, that the changing rooms were flooded. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> Very well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, it, was, it was bizarre because it had been closed for such a long time. Well, not yeah, a long yeah, time, no but- at all, No, yeah. so I, I, that's such a vivid memory of mine. Yeah, I think there was an issue with like, the, the water had been turned off and that had got turned back on when the shower switches were still on uh -huh. or something like yeah. that. So that was like, oh, that, that was like the first, that was the first panic <laughs> before, we'd even, before we'd even got going yeah. because- Hurdle number one. Yeah. <laughs> well, because the premises were closed, the water was sitting in there for a while and so the lockers that were in there had already picked up a bit of rust mm -hmm. and stuff and we'd had to go in and bale the water and get towels and things oh. like that and weren't even the tenant at that stage, so. First time um, I'd ever used a wet vac. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, but not so, yeah, the last. No, not the last. <laughs> no, definitely not. So for me, yeah, it did have that feel of it was cosy, uh, not too big, but not too small, and there was loads of potential in it. And what about the, the actual archway itself, so where our gym is in at the minute? Mm -hmm. What did you feel about that? Again, the same same idea. Same I, I, it almost was like as you walk through the facility and open that gym door, it was like Aladdin's cave. Yeah, like it, just it was keeps just going. like whoa. Check the size of this. There's so much that could be done here. Yeah, it keeps going. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, you're in. You're visualizing. Did it come together the the way you wanted it? And at the start, and then talk me through the progressions of the gym as well. I don't even. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Like, I'm I'm lost for words. Clearly, I remember going down like well first of all the kit the kit that i'd ordered was dwarfed like it looked i remember spreading out kettlebells <laughs> yeah. like along the back just to yeah. look like we had something like two meters apart <laughs> socially <laughs> distanced, you got it yeah just to look and there's there's pictures yeah. we can we can share of of that and also i went down i think it was the sunday before the monday that we're due to open i was in glasgow you come down with me on that one. I can't remember. I was given. I was given a talk, um, and it was just yeah. It was it was just all weird. And I think and then the first day, no one turned up anyway. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I had one person booked in. They cancelled. How did that feel in the first day? <laughs> Do you know what? It probably felt okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know just like things getting ready and and, and whatnot. Um, I do, I don't really know what else t to say about that time. It just it's a blur. I think it's a blur because I had so much. Like it, it was actually. If I don't get 30 or 35, whatever the number was, members yeah. through the door, mm -hmm. this is going to be over in yeah, you're two not or paying three that months. You're, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> I'd, I had two or three months. And yes, because I had existing one-on-one -on -one clients that I'd trained before, some of them just, just made the transition and some of them are still here, which is, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah, that's credit, credit. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to take this another level down. Let's get a little bit deeper. <laughs> Like I said, it's, it's, you said it's been difficult and it's not always been easy or you're not sure it's never been easy. What's been some of the most difficult challenges that you've faced opening, keeping open, apart from, you know, the impending 2020 that happened? I, again, I think I'll try and I'll, I will try and come up with specific examples. But for me, it was just this relentlessness of it, you know. Even even on a Sunday, which was the only day we weren't open, I would be like planning the social media yeah. posts for the members group and things like that, or answering Writing emails. Programs. Or, yeah. So even when you programs. weren't here, you're, you're still. I remember working. one time, yeah, going to going to uh, Amanda's parents' house on Christmas, and I basically just went in the front door, sat down, and, and almost like slept most of the day. I was just like, Exhausted. just ruined. But I think different things. Like in the first, was it the first week or the first fortnight? Like there was a toilet blocked. Um, straight away because they hadn't been used and things like that. And you had to YouTube how to unblock a toilet, right? <laughs> oh, just, and I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of what some of the sort of crises were along the way. Anytime somebody left in yeah. the early stages, it's like, oh, you, you feel it right in the heart mm -hmm. and things like that. Plins, I, I don't know I, if you... I think, I th like, just personally, for me coming in from not having trained much people in the three years that I was away to then coming in and almost not in a bad way but being overshadowed by Mike and it's all his clients and I'm constantly on I'm doing a good job I'm High a, alert. yeah like oh god and because of the way that we programmed as well you couldn't really coach you were just there facilitating it and yeah for me I, I, I felt for a long time that I was like chasing my own tail and trying to 
uh, impress not just like Mike but the the members yeah. and it just it, so for me that first even though I wasn't working as much as you clearly like this is your baby but I still felt split shifts were now a thing I was losing my social side like the first maybe year of working here I was exhausted physically and mentally because it's something that I hadn't done really it was seven hours of coaching mm. and again and it, it's funny because even just being um, in the gym and being watched by Mike in each session. It's, it's not off-putting at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I learned and, and that's how I grew and I, I, I thank you for that. But like for my perception of it, I was sort of physically and mentally exhausted in a totally different way from Mike. Okay. Yeah, I think, so I was already, my, my work pattern was, it was, it was more intense, but I'd actually been living a, a similar because I'd already been training people mm -hmm. every evening in the mornings, Saturday yeah. mornings. It was it was more intense and more heightened, but it sounds like it was a bit more of a shift for you. Yeah. And then the thing that I think Lindsay was trying to say there was the majority of the, the first sort of batch of members that came in had been one-on-one -on -one clients Tied of, of mine. Yeah. So they'd, they'd trained because it was me before. Mm -hmm. they, hadn't, they hadn't joined that, that gym because of the gym. They'd, they'd found me through a referral or my blog or whatever it was at the time and trained with me. So I think you maybe felt that you were having to garner that respect or yeah. prove yeah. yourself or yeah, yeah. get the acceptance. Like I remember I think that first Christmas writing an email to them saying like, I'm actually going away for two days here. Lindsay's going to be taking the sessions uh -huh. and, and things like that. And, yeah. and that was, that was different. Mm -hmm. how, how, was there any drawbacks or backlash with that or do people just accept it and be like all right okay was there any uh, you don't obviously don't name names but <laughs> no, i think i think with time people got yeah. used to it. i think let's say there was an adjustment period for uh -huh. for everybody some people maybe took it more in their stride than others did yeah um, so yeah i think for just to reflect back to what you're saying the difficult times personally would be just adjusting to that change and trying to combat a balance between work and being life life yeah how, how did how, how long did it take you to get that balance or do you do you have that balance <laughs> um i would say with shift patterns it's hard to have that balance but yeah it definitely got better um, just over time just over as time. you got used to it yeah. and, and more mm -hmm. robust yeah i think just just one last bit in there i'm remembering now and lindsay can verify how many times in the beginning my my original goal was like just to pay off the money that I had borrowed to open this place. Mm -hmm. Because I, I just said, like, that's my first, I just want to pay off this money because then the worst case happens, I can just close the door. Yeah. Like, th that was it. That was like, it was, it was just so, it was just so much. I was like, let's, that's my first goal. Mm -hmm. That sounds draining, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Like, I draining. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like the debt was hanging over my head and I didn't worry about the debt. Yeah. But it was yeah. just like, I didn't feel like I could walk away from this. So it was like, at least if I can pay off the debt, then I could, I'm just going to close the door. And, and Jane, I probably said that yeah. fairly yeah, frequently. Yeah, a, a lot. I'm thinking, oh God, what are, what are we doing here? Just, you know, just, just drowning in it, yeah. effectively. Yeah. Just drowning in, in the day-to-day the -day of it. Sounds like for almost four years, you were just keeping your head above water. Yes. Yeah, yeah I think so. Mm -hmm. okay. All right, let's, let's, let's go to a happier place. Yeah. Let's talk about the most rewarding aspects of, of being here at AKR. Lindsay, let's start with you. For me, it would be the relationships and not just between team members, but with 
the reachers. Yeah. I think the relationship that you make through events and socials and the community aspect is, there's nothing like it yeah. for me. It's, it, it is special. It is really there's, special. There's, yeah. You, you, yeah. That's, yeah, it is special. <laughs> Mike, have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, same, just the people. And as I've said, like how difficult it was, there was, there was a period where just where I was living, where Lindsay was living, that I would pick her up in the morning and you probably tell Lindsay, I, I was like in a, you know, in a real grunt most mornings coming <laughs> in. But once you step in the gym floor and you work with people, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's transformational. And again, so you have that block in the morning, coaching people, you you struggle through the middle part of the day and then you come come to life yeah. again in the evening with the people. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's, it's the people you meet, it's seeing people interact with each other, the friendships they make, the, the difference that, that you know, fitness makes in yeah. people's lives, all yeah. of that sort of and stuff. And seeing them just smiling and enjoying exercise yeah. within the sessions. Yeah, it's see, yeah. For me, watching people go through this shift of I have to exercise to get to, I get to exercise and it's fun and it's, 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 it's good. And they come in because people are here and they want to see them, they want to see their friends. But also, I don't think people realise how much we as coaches get from coaching them. Like, they always just see us giving and giving, but we actually get so much mm-hmm. from coaching them and just seeing people develop and learn or, or get something that I haven't got or get a new PB or just get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so, so rewarding. And it just it makes you feel glittery inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I would say no matter how burst or broken or whatever was going on, mm-hmm. I would coach a session and and the world would be right again. You yeah, know? I think as well, just with working previously as a, a trainer, <clears throat> I never, it might be me as a trainer, but I never got to the point where I was seeing real resor- results with people. Results. Results. <laughs> results with people. Yeah. And being able to see somebody that you've coached or been a part of, take them from A to B, it, it's amazing. Even from B to C to C, yeah. to, it's, it's changing yeah. the life. I, th- I think with that though as well, like on, with one-on-one training, people, because of the cost of it, people are, are training, certainly with me, maybe once, maybe twice a week, but most of them just maybe once. Yeah. And we had a model here that people began to train three times a week, plus maybe a class or things like that. And I think that mm-hmm. really yeah. made a difference to the results that we, mm-hmm. that, you know, people were achieving for themselves. Yeah. For me, I think, just to kind of summarize it all, the, the difficult moments have actually been the most rewarding when you look back at them. And you look back and the first time we were on camera, yeah. and that was sca- so what we're scary. doing now with this podcast. <laughs> Remember that the first time we, we set up to do this, we must have rehearsed for about three weeks before. Yeah. And that first episode felt so... Scary. Scripted and acted <laughs> and just, we are on this, we can talk, we can talk, we can mm-hmm. talk. But if you look at us now, we are, we're just having a, a natural conversation and, and just show the growth and development and that's rewarding. I think th- there's a, one of these leadership, personal development authors, Robin Sharma, and he says that... 5am club. <laughs> that's one of his books. He says that it's, success isn't about the things that you get, but the person you get to become. And when I look through like the the journey, not just my myself, but the you know the team, many of the members have been on, and how like back to me personally, how I've, I've been forced to upskill and learn more, and and it's not until you take a moment to look back and think, geez, you know, like learning to again employ people mm-hmm. and 
making mistakes along that path and you know trying to give feedback in an elegant way and realizing that everyone's different and not like you and you know th there's so much things but then learning about business and there's there's so much things like the learning curve has been steep but it, yeah when you look back you you think wow you know yeah i think that's an, a perfect way to end that little segment there we've got some listener questions how do you want me to hit you with these do you want me to just throw them at you first mike do you want me to go back and forth between the two of you what would you prefer i, I don't mind Hit Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let me prepare myself for this. <laughs> so we've got some listener questions. One at a time, Jace. One at a time. One at a time. I'll go back and forth then, right? Okay. So we'll go with you first, Lindsay. So all, all these questions sort of relate to the very first season, episode one, when we did our, our backstories and we've got some questions after there. So this, Lindsay, is about when you travelled. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about yourself? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> That I'm impatient and not joking. <laughs> uh, what did I learn about myself? A lot. I actually, one of the biggest things was that I needed to slow down and chill out a little bit. I lived my life at 100 miles an hour and didn't really take time to stop and sit with my own thoughts and feelings. So with traveling, there was loads of opportunities for that. So for me, I would say, slowing down, stopping, and just listening to my own thoughts. I feel like you have a specific moment. No, well, no, there's, I, there's a few, a there's few? a few moments. One would be on a, we were put on a boat to go down. We were, put, we were, <laughs> we put, were on a boat. put on the boat, or we you were went put, on the boat We voluntary. were put on the boat, shuffled onto the boat. Right, you're going here, no, I'm joking. And um, we're on the Mekong River. In, Where's that? It is at the top of Thailand, just outside Chiang Mai, and it goes all the way down to Vietnam. Okay. So we were on this boat, and we thought, oh, you know, the pictures, the boat looks lovely, but it was not lovely. And there was, no, there was no seats for us, so we had to sit in the... Puddles. No, engine room. So for two days, myself and Holly are in this engine room, on the bags, may I add, no seats, on the bags. On your bags. On the bags. Um, and obviously, as in your clothes bags. Uh huh. Oh, so yeah. the engines roar in, and I'm horrible. So I literally sat with my headphones in. They weren't even on, but it was just to drown out the noise a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and there was that moment. I was just like, two days, because you couldn't. I couldn't even speak to Holly. Yeah. Like I, there was no conversation. So I just sat with my own thoughts and feelings, and probably reflected on the last six years of my life. <laughs> So that is, a, that is one of those moments where it was a full on, but good turning point. Amazing, amazing. Mike, when you went traveling and you gave up everything and just left, did your family support you through it? I think that, again, I don't know how much I could trust my memory and I think probably it's a question for them. <laughs> but what I would say- Get VARs on. Yeah. <laughs> Next guest. I'm not sure how many parents are delighted when their youngest child says, I'm off to Latin America. I'll see you when I see you. On a one-way flight. They, I think they probably realised that there wasn't going to be, that I was doing it anyway sort of thing and came around to the idea. I think they both joined Facebook off the back of me travelling just so they could keep in touch. Keep and, an eye on you. And to be fair, when I was away... You know, I, I Skyped home and, and checked in probably most weeks and kept in touch. Yeah. And I think it was probably a positive. You know, my mum 
ended up going going travelling away in a camper va- camper van or a, a motorhome for a year. A um, couple of years after I I was away, so you inspired. I, I, I would I would hope that my travels had had an effect. If I if if you, from memory, can you recall every place that you went? Go. <laughs> I, I, I could what, do you know what sometimes when I can't sleep or if I can't sleep at night you count the places I, you visit I just, I just try and retrace the, the journey in my head uh, amazing I like, I like to do that but I, I remember actually my so I was employed in a gym before I went travelling I remember like the manager or the, the boss of that facility coming to speak to me before I left and, and saying oh, you know Colombia and you know Bolivia aren't, aren't these places really dangerous <laughs> I knew you were about to say that <laughs> And my, my, my take on it was like, the only thing that we know is what we see on the news. Yeah. And there's never a report in 10 o'clock news. It's like, bong, British traveller returns home safely, having had an amazing experience. <laughs> you know? So, yes, there are. What a rubbish like, story. Like, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Switch exactly. off. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I knew I needed to do it. So You knew you needed to do it? Yeah. How come? How did you need to do it? I think... Um, I just knew, like, and it, and it's. I don't want to. Say, it's it, primitive. Just you had it's, to. It, this sounds like almost a bit wishy washy, and I, I don't want to go too down that that rabbit hole. That rabbit <laughs> hole, yeah. When I when I quit football, it, the only took so long, did it? <laughs> but I just it, it didn't feel like the decision was in, was up there in my head. It just felt like a bit deeper in in the heart. And I remember we were my last season playing. We were, were chasing down the league title and, you know, there was one evening game, you know, under the floodlights and it was a t- tight game and we ended up winning and the momentum continued. And I came home that night and I was laying in my bed and it's, it's hard to sleep, like, after a, a midweek game. You're, you're shattered, but you're I'd full of adrenaline. Rush. Yeah. And I was lying there and I was thinking, I really enjoyed that. And it was weird because I hadn't been enjoying my football for whatever reason. But, and that was my head saying that. And then deep, lower down, I was like, yeah, but I know... And, I still know it's the right move and so when I went travelling it was the same it, it, it's hard to say I just knew it was the right move for me I, I was enjoying my work I felt I had direction and I also had this feeling like if I don't do this take this big trip do this adventure now I might not be able to do it yeah, it's now or never almost yeah, yeah that's what it felt like amazing brilliant Lindsay I'm coming back to you at which point did you decide dedicate yourself to your career <clears throat> last week <laughs> <laughs> and just a couple of days ago no, it's actually, funny you mentioned that I slept on it and thought yeah today's the day <laughs> give me that again so what, <laughs> <laughs> the question is what was the point that you decided to dedicate to your career for me probably speaking to Mike whilst I was away and he was talking about maybe opening a facility and I actually remember, I think it was going from Melbourne to Adelaide in a camper van reading your book and thinking, this is, this is a part of me, I knew you. Would that is, be the energy is everything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. And I remember thinking, whilst I was right, going around Australia, there's just something in me that I know that I need to go and help people. I know what I'm good at and it's time, basically. It's time. It's time. It's time. <laughs> but I needed the break away from it. Yeah. Because I wasn't enjoying it. It wasn't... 
it just it wasn't fulfilling me. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah, I would say that that was the turning point of like this is definitely where I want to be with my career. Amazing. And what a career has been? And what a career? I'm <laughs> still, 60 yet. Still going on. <laughs> Done so much in so little time. <laughs> I know. The Mike, you wrote a book. <laughs> well, we never mentioned this before. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I read it back uh, maybe a year or two ago and, and didn't enjoy it so much when I read it back. Change your but thoughts and feelings on it? I think the content's okay. I just think I could probably write way better now. But Ooh, I, you, uh, you'd probably always say that. You know, again, if, if I walked into the... Could go in a time machine two years, three years back in the gym, I'd, I'd probably see things that I want to yeah. do better as well. So it's, it's probably a sign of growth. That's your growth mindset, yeah. yeah. I do remember, like, my last... So my Latin America, uh, you know, I finished in California doing a mentorship with a trainer. And then I spent a few days in San Francisco before I came home. And I actually was sitting in a Whole Foods with like an old-fashioned school jotter, like mind mapping, mapping out that whole book then. I can see it as well. I, I can see it. it. I remember sitting on a train with you, I think it was down to Edinburgh, and we, we whipped out the jotters and we were mind mapping. Yeah. It was good. Okay, another question for you, Mike. I think this is in uh, relation to opening up AKR. How did you have the courage to plunge into things? Mm. Naivety. <laughs> <laughs> I backed myself. Like, I would, I would say... Silly enough to start and stubborn enough to finish. Yeah, and, and just... I felt like, as I touched on earlier, I was already doing the stuff. I was already working hours, coaching people, and having the facility. I, I wasn't so much worried about like the personal debt or that because I needed to move forward. I needed to grow. I, I was unhappy with things that were out with my control in that gym where I was freelancing from. And yeah, I just, I, I, I didn't feel I had much choice and I don't think I had many doubts. I, I, th I thought I, I could be good at this. That, that's the next question. Did you know it would work? <laughs> that's what it said. Did you know it would work? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't know it would work, but again, I just think I'll make it work. Back to yourself. I yeah. think from working with you over the years, if you get something in your head, You'll action it. Yeah, it's hard to get out of your head. Yeah, you'll, you'll action it and you'll, you'll put everything into it until it's, until it's done. I, I think a strength that I maybe have, I maybe touched upon it in that first episode, is I think I'm a good learner. So you don't need to, like, I don't need to have all the answers because I'll learn my way out of it. Do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? And that's kind of what, what's happened to, to an extent. You know, people who've been with us for for three, four, five plus years, we'll, we'll see how much things have evolved. And it's just, th there've been times where literally I would, I would go away on a course, on a seminar, learn something better and be like, ah, all right. Tell them and about it, it. And it would get implemented <laughs> On the train on the way home. Lindsay, right, this is what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> okay, right. if, if I found out, if I found a better way of doing something, yeah. I wouldn't be afraid to just go take yeah. action and, and I think and that put it in. that shows in what we've created. It's, it's always evolved. Remember how excited we were about getting a timer and a bike? <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy it's, to it's, think that. It's mad to, see, yeah, yeah. to think what it was like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I almost missed the entire beginning part. I came on board and that week the gym was revamped. So we got rid of the two squat racks and we got a rig. And we yeah. got rid of the green turf, we got uh, the blue. Yeah. Everything was re rejigged. Was that the first? Was that, the that, was, that was like my first. Oh my God. First, within my first month of joining. Set the tone. <laughs> Set the tone. But I, I do remember 
coaching on the old rigs and the old plyo boxes which just wouldn't stand up straight and just topple over. Yeah. It was, seemed like a bit of a nightmare having those. The, right, I've got some more questions. Talking about you being a good learner, could you give us three lessons that you learned? My goodness. <laughs> three lessons that I've learned. Come back to me. Go ask Lindsay <laughs> right, something. We'll go, we'll have like, a think. Lindsay, you, you mentioned full commitment in that first episode. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you? Well, as I've said before, I was a bit of a rebel. Still am a little bit. Tell us a little bit more no. about that. <laughs> um, full commitment to me is like putting everything into becoming a better coach and a better person. And if that's going on a course or reading a book or going to bed on time or being a, a little less manic at weekends, then that to me is full commitment to... Full engagement in life yeah. and work and, and everything. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yes. Nice. Mike, you got anything for us yet? It's, it's such a difficult one. I would, I would say... Give, give us one lesson. I, I could say a few things, whether these are lessons or not, but I think something that I probably couldn't have known before is just how rewarding it is, not just seeing the members, but, uh, you know, grow and develop, but, but the team, you guys and, and the rest of the guys in the team, like, that's, that's really rewarding. And I think part of the learning in there is also how to, you know, I've, I've had, a, again, a steep learning curve on, on like leadership and management and giving feedback and, and working with other people and recognizing that people aren't, you know, people are different. They're not all going to look and think and act the same way as, as I would and things. So there's certainly something ar around, around that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think the staffing. <laughs> staffing. <laughs> all right. Did you fail at anything to push you forward? The, the biggest Professional thing. Professional football, isn't it? That, that's essentially <laughs> it. You know, I, I remember when I was playing the Highland League, there was a guy who had formerly played for, the, for Bucky, who I was playing for, and he was in America doing a football scholarship and, he, and he'd come back for the summer or whatever it was and he said, NAU young loons at uni want to do a scholarship and, uh, you know, if you want to, here's my email address, you know, give me a shout because they're, they're looking for people, actively looking for people. And I wrote down his email address and I did nothing after that. And I, I think I'd, you know, I was comfortable at uni. I'd, I think I'd just signed a contract with the football team and I, I just did nothing. And I think it, it's difficult to be too critical because looking back, I was, you know, I was probably 19 or 20, far less adventurous, hadn't been traveling, hadn't even taken the little backpacking trips in Europe that I'd taken before I went traveling. But still, you know, I. I think, oh, what an experience that would have been. I, I, I wish I'd said yes to that. And I think that sort of thing fueled me on later to go traveling and to open the gym. And you think, like, the time's going to pass anyway. Take the opportunity. And, yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a famous book, I think it's called, like, The Five Regrets of the, Five Regrets of the Dying. And, like, the, the number one thing that people say is, I wish I'd had the courage to live life on my terms and not, you know, what other people think I should do sort of thing. And so I think that experience and looking back and thinking, God, I could have, especially watch these American 
college movies yeah, and sports and things like that and you think jeez you know and there's no guarantee I would have had a, a scholarship but hey, send, not, send an email it's not up to be let me tell yeah. you <laughs> send an email you know so that that would that's that's a failure that has driven me on yes I would say I've got one more question and then we'll, we'll round off this this uh, first episode what's your favourite thing about being AKR or what's your favourite thing about opening AKR Lynch, you're going first. <laughs> I would say my favourite thing about being a part of AKR is the relationships and friendships that I've made. Simple, beautiful. Again, I would, I would say the people. I, I love when, you know, on social media or things like that, you see members of the gym going off and doing something together. Amazing. And you think, wow, they, they only the, know each other the because of the gym. Yeah, and, and that's outside of fitness, but it's it's life-changing in so many ways you know mm -hmm. the relationships that are formed people have best buds and things yeah. like that it's it's great Help, helping them live the other 23 hours of their life <laughs> yep better mm -hmm. yeah all right brilliant i think that's a wrap for episode one thank you so much for joining me it's been thank a pleasure you. again folks if you have any other questions for us we would love to answer them next season or next season mike next season yeah, that's the plan <laughs> all right we'll love to answer the next season it is podcast at akrfitness.com. Give us a follow on the socials. And if you do give us a follow, please like, share our stuff with the hashtag Energizing Life Podcast. And for everything else, head to our website, akrfitness.com. And that's all from me, folks. We'll see you on the next one.